Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Wellness Coaching Conversation. I'm with the inimitable Lori Legault as we wish you all a very happy new year and get ready to kind of jump into things with both feet first or all four feet first in our case, since there's two of us. <laughs> yes. Happy new year to you, Brian, and to our listeners. It always feels like a really nice, fresh start it, at the new year to be able to start assessing everything, right? Just everything that we want to, that we have the ability to. And if I feel like after the holidays, there's this pause that happens that we really start to go, okay, what does this year mean for me? What's What am I leaving behind in 2023? And what am I looking forward to in 2024? You know, and I hadn't really thought about it too much. And I started seeing, you know, some social media posts of like declarations of things people were wanting to implement. And I thought, oh, I guess, I guess I hadn't thought about it too much. You know, 2023 was a lot of, I'd say, positive change for me personally and not willing and up for a ton of new things, but it's always nice to refine a few, right? Mm -hmm. Either a little or a lot, depending on what you're what you're up for. <laughs> That's it's a good point. Yeah. And and you're right. I mean, the, the new year is um, you know, it connotates a lot of different things. Um, but I, I do think that like for me, it 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 prompts some in, introspection and thoughts of what what was 2023 all about. Um how did I grow and change and what does 2024 what does it look like materially and externally? And what do I want it to be like internally? You know, kind of like, how do I want to experience 2024 regardless of what's going on in the world? So, right. yeah, I mean, it's funny because I'm sitting here and I've got a piece of paper just to the right of my monitor with the word purpose on it, you know, and, and that's that's it. You know, there's there's a lot that that undergirds that, but it's about clarity. It's about um, learning to to really trust myself, trust my own intuition, my own guidance, and and live in alignment with purpose. And wow, here we are. Right. Yeah, I I hear you. I think that is a great thing to have that word, or you know. People can define whatever their own word is for the year. It might be growth. It might be change. It might be, um, you know, so many things. One of one of the things I hear a lot of people saying, a kind of a common trend right now is really seeking purposeful connection mm. because, you know, the Surgeon General put out the warning about that connection for a lot of people is becoming a health hazard that mm. we're under the false pretense that we're very connected because of our technology capabilities, but actually it's the opposite. It's yeah. you know disconnecting us more and more. So I hear a lot of people wanting to connect with people they maybe haven't talked to in a long time, or just make it more of a, um, make more of a declaration to get together and seek out those relationships that are important, you know? Mm. So I think that's ties into your own purpose, whatever, if, if, yeah. if the connection is something that you are looking for as well, 
you know. You're right. I I agree, and and I I love that you said that because I feel like, wow, there's there's something that most of us can can take action on and incorporate into our own lives, and also, um, we can coach clients, you know, in that area as well because I I think the the topic du jour today is um an interesting one and you know Lori and I decided to to kind of come in here uh open to the energies of 2024 but with a a really cl- clear purpose uh on talking about coaches as gatekeepers and way showers of change because there's a lot of change going on in the world, much of it out, outside of our control. Um, whether Whatever you believe, either that that's an external manifestation of our internal reality or that the external reality affects us internally, either way, there there's an impetus for change on an individual level. And we're going to be busy you know i i feel like in a sense we're the tip of the spear for a lot of changes and so i think i'm seeing it with my clients i I know other coaches are too where people are are seeking more clarity and seeking maybe different purpose and Mm. so how do we serve them and and what do we need to do you know to get a little bit woo woo here what do we need to do internally to embody that change and and be able to then kind of be the way shower for them because if we don't go through our own change we can't really understand what we're coaching people through, what, what, you know, in a sense we're asking them to do, like if we're afraid to, to do our own stuff, well, you know, that kind of defeats the purpose of our profession. So I I think it's a, it's a really broadly defined um, perspective, but I I just, I kind of get a sense that that's, that's the direction that we're kind of going. And um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I do absolutely think that we are, it's important for coaches to do that introspection and maybe do the work with another coach or a counselor to be able to process that a little bit better as well. Because yes, I do believe that we, uh, in a good way, are probably going to be a little bombarded this year by a lot of feelings and emotions behind what people are, you know, experiencing. And so I like that notion of introspection and really feeling what we feel and being able to have an outlet for that. And then also holding space for our clients to talk through and to go deeper into where their position really I mean, when I say position, I mean a feeling about something that's unsettling, let's say Mm -hmm. anything from like what's going on in the world and the news, something very local. Um, A lot of change is happening and being able to have a safe place to just say, I'm uncomfortable. I feel sad. I feel mad. I feel frustrated, whatever it is. And then to also 
be able to ask the question of, you know, what is it about that that is uncomfortable for you and giving them, you know, of course, with their uh, own input, some tools to handle that because it just feels overwhelming to people. And then they push it down, shove it down, don't deal with it, mm. which then of course, as we know, comes out in other sometimes yes. unhealthy ways. And so this time of the year, people tend to start to shed those unhealthy things. And so I think along with shedding the unhealthy is what are some ways that you plan to process in maybe a, a way that you would rather process it rather than the easy go-to way of processing it and give them their own reflection of those tools along the way. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I really, gosh, you said a lot. And, and the, the phrase that came to mind when you were, when you were just talking, Lori was coaches, do your work, do your work. Because that's, and that's so critically important. Um, and I love that you brought it up in doing it in a connected fashion. You know, whether you're working with another coach, you're, you're working with a therapist, you're working with a, a group of, of whomever, like-minded individuals where you can really get together and create a dynamic, you know, ask yourself, what do I want my life to look like? And, and then have the courage to really dive in and explore the things that, it takes to get there and the things that might be in the way that you got to work through. And I, I feel like this, this inner dynamism is really, really important because in order to kind of be that tip of the spear and lead the transformational charge that, that I feel like coaches are being called to do, or that coaches are naturally, the people who are coaches are naturally drawn to that role because of who we are. We have to, really dig in, dig deep, do our own work and, and, you know, kind of be ready and be the light for the people that are going to be coming to us looking for help. You know, we've got to be prepared. And that all starts with that phrase, do your work, whatever it might be, whether, you know, you are the most grounded, rational, material person and everything is just you know, very, very black and white, there's plenty to do, or whether you're really woo and really spiritual and, and metaphysical and really kind of as, as much um, involved in the unseen as the seen, it doesn't matter, you know, because we all, we all see the world through, through our own unique set of lenses. But the reality is um, we're all here for a purpose, whatever that might be, and we've all got work to do. So I feel like you know, that's, that's just the vibe. This is, this is the time for us to do our work. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You could not have said that any better, Brian. I, I really, um, agree with you and I really love how much you're stressing that because I listened to a podcast with Esther Perel and mm. Dan Harris called non-negotiables in the new year. And it was 10 well, the podcast is called 10% Happier. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of discussion about the importance of just what you're saying. Esther Perel brought up an example of something that she did. So it's like, yes, you could do all these various ways of allowing yourself outlets. One of the things that she said that she does, but you can do this in any way you want, is that 
she had realized the previous year that she wanted to do yoga, but she didn't want to do it alone, but she didn't know who else to do it with. So she contacted one friend and said, do you want to do yoga with me? And the friend said, yeah. And they both decided, um, okay. And maybe, maybe we invite some more people, see if anyone else wants to join us. Well, that first initial thought turned into now something like 30 people who are meeting up to do yoga, just like no, no teacher. They're just doing yoga. Like someone's kind of leading it. And she said, the beautiful part about it is it's, um, not one demographic or age group. It's multiple. She's like, there's people who are younger, who are older, who are, you know, just anybody. And it's turned into this really like therapeutic thing for everybody. Mm. So it's physical movement, but it's also um, emotional. And that was her version of taking care of myself because she feels like that was something that she wanted and needed. And it's turned into this amazing thing she can't live without now. And so there's many ways to do this. And this is something that we can also coach our own, you know, clients about is, we do need to take care of ourselves, And one of the ways you really take care of yourself is in community yes. somehow, some way. Um, in this podcast, it was also brought up that there was a six decade study done. And I can't remember the name of the person who did the study on men and health and that the number one factor was their relationships and mm. That, you know, the typical kind of old school way of being a male is you just deal with the weight of the world on your shoulders. You don't talk about it. You don't do anything about it. You just suck it up. And that doesn't work. We know. And so (laughs) this is extensive, you know, like I said, six decades study. So it's very relevant to know that they did the, they did this work thoroughly shows that importance. Of course, women need that too, just that women kind of already do that. And so Mm. it's a little bit more important to emphasize that men can benefit from that. And then also even having a mentor in your life that you, that does not solve your problems, but that you talk to about what you're, what's challenging for you. So in whatever way that, that happens. But I do think that when we give our clients tools, that it's important for us to make sure that we sound and, and that we don't um, come off as being judgmental in any way that they choose, right. To deal with it. We don't say, Oh, that's not a way to deal with it. Think of something else or whatever, but that we provide lots of open, safe dialogue around what is going to help them specifically and potentially offer accountability around that mm-hmm. so that it you know becomes something that they pursue because mm. it can be difficult um that we're encouraging something else to add to their life mm-hmm. so. <laughs> it's true you know but the the thing i would offer is well they came to see us didn't they <laughs> you know, so <laughs> right it's like be careful what you ask for i i really appreciate the um the example that you shared too with with Esther's uh, yoga class, because, you know, I think about, okay, being careful, um, you know, with, with kind of what we're asking our clients to do and recognizing that they, they have a lot of, you know, challenges and it might be outside their comfort zone or too much to take on. But I would imagine that 
when she started down this yoga path, she didn't envision at all this kind of outcome. It was more about what's one concrete step I can take to kind of help foster, you know, uh, this this yoga journey, this thing that I want to do. And that systematic, fundamental, step-by-step coach approach can lead to amazing stuff, just as as you described, where now there's more than 30 people. It's not a competition. It's not this you know hardcore workout. It's a true community where people are coming together and connecting and serving one another and healing and growing. And wow, you know, it, it's like the the pendulum swung way far in one direction during the pandemic and there was so much isolation and and everything and while in some ways it was good um hello work from home right um in other ways though the isolation was damaging you know and and so i feel like where we've got power as individuals is in creating that sense of community even if a community doesn't exist around a client, there may be an opportunity to create one if we're able to help kind of coach them in a step-by-step manner. You know, don't don't look at the elephant. Just figure out the first bite. You know, and I think that's, yeah, I love that example. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say that podcast had lots of nuggets of wisdom in it. And Mm. I was at first, the very beginning, I was just kind of passively listening and then it got really good. And I was like, Ooh, this is good information. And I always feel like whenever you listen to anything, there's some things that you're like, ah, that doesn't really pertain to me. And there's other things you go, Oh, that's a really good idea. You know, I like that. And there's a lot of things that were in there that I thought I like that. And I could use that also in my client world because people all the time express that, um, express just this like yearning for something they're not sure what they even want or need. Mm, yeah. Um, another example is that there was um, a, a thing about conflict and that conflict is, is good. We mm-hmm. don't, we think of conflict as not being good, but right now there's a lot of conflict, right? Like you can True. have a discussion with anybody standing in the grocery line or someone that you actually know and love and disagree and, and you kind of pull back and go, Ooh, we're about to get into a not good discussion because we don't agree. And this is uncomfortable, but she, but Astaire argues that conflict is absolutely necessary and depends on how you approach that conflict. And so mm. I think what we were talking about as our topic today partially is going to um, involve some conflict in just because the weight of the world is so heavy. And so what do you do? And our clients might say this, I don't know who to talk to anymore because everyone has such opinions about whatever's going on, which is many, many topics that we hear on the news you know, just always. And so how do we approach that? Well, another way is by recognizing that conflict is not bad. I mean, conflict breeds uh, progress and it's how we do it and how we approach Mm -hmm. it. And so talking through with our clients, maybe ways to approach that conflict might be helpful for them to talk through so that as 
you know, as the time goes on and more and more things come up in their own relationships that they realize that the way to, um, interact is not to pull back and go, we can't talk about any of these things. Cause we all disagree is like, no, we can healthily disagree. And Esther even brings up that in her youth, uh, she grew up in the seventies and that she would sit at the dinner table and they would argue about all the things going yeah. on. And then somebody would say, Oh, that was a really, really good apple fritter. Mm, that was delicious. And then <laughs> go back to the <laughs> conflict. And so just demonstrating that, you know, they were still very respectful of them being humans and that they didn't, didn't, they didn't agree by everything, but that, that was okay. And that was acceptable. And so I just bring this all up because our topic today being the, you know, upheaval and uncertainty of what's going on in the world and how our clients might be feeling about all of that. It could be a good segue to bring up how do you handle conflict and how yeah. does it take part in your life right now? And could that be something that's causing you stress? You know, you're right. Yeah, that that's a really interesting perspective because conflict can be positive conflict can be negative, you know, and I think having a constructive approach to it um, can radically change the outcome. You mm -hmm. know, um, we talked a little bit before we started recording and, you know, the good stuff always seems to happen before we hit the record button. I don't know what we, that is. We maybe <laughs> have to go ahead and just do that, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's interesting that um, conflict especially i think now because you know things things are very polarized um that it's important to examine individually our beliefs because conflicts are usually rooted in a difference in beliefs and when we look at our belief our beliefs as incontrovertible facts then we got a problem because that's when you get to adversarial conflict. And so I almost wonder if a, a, a really provocative approach with a client might be um, if they are discussing, you know, the, this conflict topic, for example, is to ask them about the, you know, how, how they approach conflict and also how do their own beliefs inform how they approach conflict because yes. that we are not therapists. Okay. At the same time, we are perfectly allowed to ask provocative, uncomfortable, deep questions yes. that challenge our clients to look at themselves in perhaps a different way, because it's it truly in, in looking at yourself differently that you can kind of, initiate that change you know you've got to have awareness in order to move the process along so i i just think man if we all just looked at our beliefs for what they are and that's beliefs um instead of just you know ironclad facts a lot of conflicts wouldn't even need to happen or if they did they would happen in a way that was much more potentially um collaborative and constructive Absolutely. I love the word for some reason it stuck out to me awareness that you used. Mm. Love that you said that. And I also think we can be a safe place to role play a little bit. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Within the context of what we're talking about, you can offer up some role playing, you know, so no kidding. I mean, talk about an opportunity to practice your coaching skills and really help your client through the anxiety of those kinds of conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, because it, it can be scary to you know, to go out there and, and practice change, especially when it involves other people, you know, it involves relationships or, or work relationships, personal relationships. So we can, we can really be, um, a powerful force for good and a, a dynamic participant with our clients. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if this might be a good place for us to end for today and maybe, um, do a little role playing next time you and I. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I'm getting kind of nervous already. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, you know, it's good to hear out. How do you role play with somebody? Yeah. I mean, I think that's important because I actually use that myself and mm. in my work with clients, but I also use this with my teenagers because I think it's important to role play a little bit, some issues that might arise in situations that you're worried about with your, you know, children or whatever. I mean, in my situation, it's like, we, I would role play with my kids. Okay. You go to a party and somebody offers you alcohol and you don't want it. What are you going to say? What are you going to do? How do you do this? You know? And I think it's, it's healthy, but I think it's really healthy to maybe role play um, uncomfortable things that we, we want to change about ourselves and looking forward to all that is to come this year on this wellness coaching conversation. Holy moly. It's going to be a year folks. So buckle up and get ready for the ride. (laughs) All right. Bye everybody. Bye Brian. Take care. Bye. Bye.